right, let's get into it. This is Randy Palmer. This is the Family Strong Podcast. Today I want to talk about what to do after there's a blow-up in your family. I, for one, hate conflict. It's something I've avoided most of my life, whether it's in sports or family. or um, Part of the reason I left the family business, which I'm so glad I did, and so are they, just being honest here, is because I didn't want to fight with my family every day. And for those of you that are involved in family business, you know how that can go from time to time. As I got older, there was other times where I really longed to include my brothers in some of the things I was doing and work with them. And I think it could have worked out, but it was meant to be. Family strong, working with people, doing that is it's what was right for me. So what do we do? It just seems like so many people uh, that I've observed, when we start to see progress, when we start to have momentum, that something happens, uh, an anomaly, you might say. I'm not even sure what that word means, but look it up and tell me if that would be a good definition. I'm pretty sure it means something out of the ordinary, something that isn't usually happening in our lives. It's not common. And when we have this momentum, it seems like for those who are involved, like when I work with somebody and we're going through the steps and we're meeting weekly, and sometimes it's, it's really, really hard and it's draining and it can be really um, emotionally uh, just difficult to process some of the things that are happening. And other times there just seems to be such great momentum. And you can see the natural fibers within a family just bonding together even tighter and I know that's a natural process that's really bigger than, than any one person. But what about when that momentum, when that energy leads to a moment where there's a major blow up, where some things that have been just below the surface for years seem to come up and expose themselves? And not in a subtle way either. Mount Rushmore just erupts. Like it all just comes out. Everything that has been bottled up and the pressure that's been building within these relationships and these, these dynamics. What are we to do then? Well, first I want to talk a little bit about what most likely led to this scenario. And it's not the case in every situation. But generally speaking... Uh, if you've heard me talk about open systems and closed systems or high tide or low tide, if a family is in a pattern of avoiding crucial conversations, there's a great book out, out there. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it used to be on Audible. I'm not sure if it is now. But uh, crucial conversations, if, if families and individuals have become, it's, if it's standard procedure to not directly address some of the things that are happening, some of the concerns that family members have, if they're avoiding them because they don't want to offend someone, or if they're not confident in their own skills and abilities to say certain things in a way that would come across as loving or as constructive, if that even exists, then a lot of times those things will just be avoided. So over time, as these discussions continue, because they don't go away, like none of this stuff just happens to go away. And that's why 
in the long run, I feel like this experience, these, these blow-ups, these conflicts, are going to be beneficial for the family. I feel like it's something that needed to happen because something had to happen. It's better than nothing happening. Right? At least the things were said. At least the comments were made. At least the emotion got out. At least there was some sort of outlet for that energy. Because the energy that's coming out, the words that are being said, although destructive and sometimes not well thought through, are still better than the thoughts being recirculated and the emotion being triggered again and again and again internally within someone or within certain circles for another five years or whatever it may be. So whatever the circumstances were that led up to it, know that if your family's in a situation where it seems like everybody gets along for the most part, but there's things that need to be addressed or things that need to be discussed and they're not being discussed or addressed, let this be a warning to you. That if you don't begin to discuss them, if someone doesn't step up and say, listen, I know this is awkward, I know this is uncomfortable, but can we just talk about the elephant in the room? Can we just have a wide open discussion about what your concerns are, or what your observations are, or what you think we need to do, which direction we think we need to go? Are, are you at a point where you could get people together in, in a room and just let that vulnerability sit. And if not, I can tell you it's only a matter of time until something happens. Uh, a closed system eventually will implode if, if individuals or families or businesses or whatever it might be aren't accepting feedback from their environment, if they're not expressing themselves openly and honestly and truthfully, if they're denying and avoiding and refusing the things that are being told to them, then something will eventually give. Right? It's the natural laws that have been put in place to help us sustain our families and to help us grow and to help us move through things. So congratulations. If, if this is something that your family or organization or maybe you personally are feeling like is happening, congratulations. Because the process of implosion, the process of everything coming to the surface, of the rubber meeting the road, of things being said, and the emotion and everything coming out, was a necessary step. I'm not going to say it's the best step. I'm not going to say it's we should seek after it. But I have learned after meeting with families at this point that I used to think it was all about maintaining a spirit of love and respect in the room. And that's nice, right? If everybody has that skill set. I, I, I promise you I could go through any family argument and take the words. And if you gave me some time to think about those words and process them and ask a couple questions, I could say anything that those people said or meant to say, whatever was underneath that, how they were feeling, right? what the true emotions were, what the true feelings were, regardless of how they came out, we could communicate that with love in a spirit of progression and unity. And I've been in scenarios where the same words have been said and one room was full of motivation and this energy, but another room was full of just this vulnerability and this, this 
discomfort, of conflict. But it was the same words, the same exact words. So it just comes down to how these things are being said, right? Well, not everybody possesses these skills. Not everybody can listen while they're hearing something critical of themselves without accepting it as truth. So if your family has just been through one of these situations where this happened, where things were said and things came out, look, it was the next step for your family. It's where you are, and that's okay. So what do we do about it, though? Well, the first thing is we got to keep a perspective, a long-term perspective. Generally speaking, these individuals, these people who may have been involved in some sort of a blow-up will most likely still be part of this family unit in 10 years from now. Okay, As things happen, as things develop and grow and things change, it's up to individuals and personalities to, to, to determine which level of relationship they have and where that goes. But it's not like you're just never going to see them again. It's very unlikely, and it's not like you're never going to hear their name again, that you're just going to poof, you know, they're gone. And I'm not saying those situations never happen. Clearly they do, and family dynamics are changed, sometimes forever. We don't know what that looks like. Even in those cases, though, with the proper perspective, with the proper mindset, with the proper steps, an individual and a family can still view that in a positive light. They can still process that and say, you know, it's really sad that, that these individuals chose to not engage with us anymore and that these individuals chose to withdraw themselves from these family gatherings. That was their choice. I wish they would have chosen differently. But man, has it taught me how to be more humble. Man, has it taught me how to not run away from challenges, but to stay in the trenches, to go through the mud and the muck and the sweat and the pain and the blood and let that process take place because I'm committed to fight. I'm committed to fight for this family. Otherwise, what is the purpose? Do we really think that, um, you know, for those who are part of the LDS culture, do we really think that, you know, going to the temple on a Wednesday to do work for an ancestor, but then Thursday morning writing a nasty text to somebody who we already know or who we're refusing to engage with, is that really the purpose? Does it seem like we might be missing something? But after all that's said and done, if we've engaged, if we've reached out, if we've done what we can to communicate with people, whatever that environment looks like, whether it's through religion or family business, whatever that environment looks like, we can still maintain a proper perspective and we can see it. We, we have the ability or the power within us to see the world, to see these relationships, to see the way that these things have evolved through the lenses of a positive perspective. So let's dive into just a for just a second. What are some practical 
steps that we can take after an event like this, where there's major conflict or it seems like it's two steps back. The first thing is, I would record some thoughts and details and some examples of what it was like, this experience. What do you remember about it? What was said? Especially for those who, who are struggling the most to be able to communicate. Now we have an example of them communicating, albeit very poorly. <laughs> they, they chose to communicate. Okay, what, do we, what did we choose to hear? I'm not saying that it's always our responsibility to interpret their words and go process them and to change them for them and then change our perspective, like what they really meant. But there is some truth to this. If you can record in a journal or in your phone somewhere, just start with the words that were said. And if they're hurtful, I understand. Write them down anyway. And then over time, as you visit this again, you can look at what was probably meant by that or what was underneath that. Or later, as these, these relationships evolve, you can ask, hey, I just wonder in that day, I don't want to like dig up worms again, but what did you mean by this? Oh, you know, what I meant by this was, okay. But it's important that we do pay attention to the things that were said. It's also important that we pay attention to where people were standing, how they physically acted, where did they position themselves in the room. That says a lot about their personalities. If someone withdrew and went and sat in the corner, that person most likely is avoiding conflict as well and struggles to communicate or say what they're thinking. For those that were very spoken and, out, and outspoken and loud and dominant, um, Clearly, they feel some level of self-control, like they may be lacking that or they may need that. So without going too far into it emotionally at this point, I would record some things down in a journal, some of the details, what was said, what did you hear, what did you say, what was the overall environment, how did people act, what did the kids do, what were some things that happened after that? Did you notice a change in behavior from any teenagers or elderly patriarchs? Did anything seem different in the days or weeks after that? What was their response? And then you can kind of say over time, okay, was this, is this a bigger family cycle? Is this just a pattern that's been established that was just recreating itself? And it can, over time, shed some light on the situation. The second thing, after recording some details and things that were brought up and said and just some of the things that you experienced, is I would let some things settle for some time, maybe a few weeks, for sure a few days, and focus on yourself. Get back to a point where you're good with yourself. If you have goals that you're working on, your single biggest goal, then, then hyper-focus on it. Really dive into your core values and your own confidence and what you believe about yourself. And let things settle in and allow the discomfort or the disconnect to exist. Just let it. You may not be in a position where you can fix it right now or do anything about it. Let it settle. Become comfortable with taking no action. 
and focusing on yourself. The third thing, which I think is very important, when appropriate, re-engage with these relationships, re-engage in these conversations. Seek professional help and say, guys, I know this was tough, I feel awkward, it was rough. How would you guys feel about organizing another discussion about this? Because in my heart, I feel drawn to you. I feel like we need each other. I feel like our children need each other. Now, this is only really for those that are willing. But we never know who's willing unless we ask. Too many families will let something like this happen and they will avoid it. They'll deny it. They'll refuse it. Now, not totally. They'll tell their friends. They'll tell their therapist. They'll talk about it amongst their own, themselves and their own families. They'll even form stories about what happened and why, and those stories will evolve over time, and they're not necessarily factual, but it's the story that was created in their own head to make sense of it all, right? Re-engage when appropriate, I would think within a few weeks, for those that are willing. See if you can find some foundation, a starting point where you agree. Offer apologies. Ask for apologies. Do whatever needs to be done to re-engage in some of these conversations when heads have cooled or sobered up, whatever it may be. Most importantly, keep in mind the big perspective. Right? If your family wasn't growing at all, if your family wasn't working together, if your family wasn't coming in contact with some future success or some purpose, there most likely would be no discontent. Right? There's opposites in all things. So the discontent or the conflict or the pain or vulnerability that you may be experiencing is only evidence of the light and the truth and the knowledge that you're gaining. This opportunity really comes back to you to be able to find within yourself a personal confidence and patience with those who have weaknesses that may be different than ours. All the while understanding the power within this family despite the challenges. That's the key. Then you move forward. Get back on the horse. Get back working on yourself, going through the steps. That momentum that you felt prior to this experience is only a few moments away, a few action steps away if you feel like it's been lost. I would pay special attention to those in your family you're most concerned about. Know that if they act out or relapse or do or seem to do something here, you know, as of late that 
it may be a direct connection to the discomfort or the chaos that's going on around them. So look for opportunities to explain to them the power of your family and the strength that you possess and share the stories with them and let them know that they play a vital role that over time the experiences and the pain that they felt will act as a, as a soothing and healing property to this family as a whole. Move forward with a good perspective. Keep in mind the opportunities that are yours. Listen to the Family Strong podcast. Join the Family Strong Facebook group. Reach out for consulting or coaching for your family. And move forward. Use it as motivation. Humans are silly, aren't we? Sometimes we behave like children. Are we not all just children? Find the ability to forgive. Sometimes when we see an adult act inappropriately, it helps to ask about their childhood. See them as a little boy or a little girl and see their, their parents and some of the challenges they may have encountered. And what about their parents when they were teenagers? What did they go through? What about your great-grandparents? See, if you look at the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, it helps to find compassion and forgiveness for all of us. Of course we're responsible for ourselves. But somebody can't give you something that they don't have. So if you have it, Part of your responsibility is to share it with this family. Don't hide it. Don't bury it. Don't let a little disagreement or a conflict get you to close your voice. Be open. Be high tide. Express. Accept. Admit. Let the energy flow.